Welcome everyone to the Arthroscopy Association's Arthroscopy Journal podcast. I'm Dr. Andrea Spiker from the University of Wisconsin. Today I have the privilege of speaking with Dr. Rob Cole Morgan, who is an associate professor at the University of California, San Francisco. Dr. Cole Morgan was an author of the editorial titled Editorial Commentary, Post-Free Arthroscopy Reduces Complications and Pain to Post or Not to Post? Is that still a question? Which was published in the September 2021 edition of the Arthroscopy Journal. This editorial commented on an article titled Hip Arthroscopy with and without a perineal post, a comparison of early postoperative pain by authors Andrew Schreiber, Nolan Mattingly, Natalie Glass, Michael Willey, and Robert Westerman. Welcome, Dr. Cole Morgan, and thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Andrea. So, Rob, to get us started tonight, can you tell us a little bit about your own practice and how you perform hip arthroscopies yourself? Absolutely. Uh, I have a hip preservation practice, so I'm a full-service hip from arthroscopy, PAO, to direct anterior total hips. My hip arthroscopy is done uh, on, a, on a table and with a post-free technique. We've been doing that for the last four, uh, four and a half years now. Okay, great. Your editorial commentary was on a paper in which the authors performed a retrospective study of patients who had hip arthroscopy with and without a perineal post. The authors looked at differences in narcotic consumption, pain, and time to discharge. The authors found that those with and without a perineal post had similar immediate postoperative pain, but that the non-post group had a faster discharge from the hospital. Has this been your own experience as well? No, not necessarily. when we looked at our patients um, and, and collectively uh, a few centers across the country, we, we were having less pain in the PACU. Uh, we were having uh, the same similar faster time to discharge, but uh, our patients in the PACU, the, the first thing we noticed when we switched to post-free was our, our nurses asked us what we did differently because they just weren't hurting as much. Uh, I mean, they all still feel pain, but their initial pain response was was uh, definitely decreased. And uh, their time to discharge ha- has been quicker, just like the, the group is found here by, uh, I don't remember how many minutes, but uh, definitely we noticed that as well. Yeah, it is really interesting. It's one of those things that we don't really pay much attention to, but there must be some component of nerve compression pain that patients might not even be able to verbalize in the post-op period, but that is um, manifesting in their overall pain level after surgery. Oh, absolutely. We used to have patients, uh, you know, up to four to six hours, some, you know, rarely, but people would stay, um, you know, um, sometimes, you know, and I, I really think the, you know, I think it was made answer group. They showed that vascular congestion, you know, with and without a post and those things. I, I really think it matters. Um, they just don't hurt as much. You know, if you couple that with uh, regional anesthetic or local anesthetic, it, it's, a, it's a night and day surgery. You know, I've, I had patients that I used to post on and not, and they'll, they'll ask you, what'd you do differently? You know, and sadly, I was like, well, I didn't get better at the surgery. I think I'm the same surgeon, <laughs> but uh, the post matters. I really think it does. Uh, this is a fun commentary to write just because, you know, I'm biased, obviously, because I really feel that eliminating the post, however you do, it's very important. But uh, it's it's better for the patients immediately. I mean, especially long term, you're avoiding complications. Yeah, and I suppose I should probably disclose that I'm also biased. I am also a post-free surgeon, so I agree with you. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, 
but I may try to play devil's advocate throughout this podcast just sure. to, to pick your brain. So um, in your editorial, you mentioned some of the reasons that you've noticed faster arthroscopy times, so actual intraoperative arthroscopy times. So do you mind discussing here some of the benefits of post-free traction that you found within the operating room itself? Yeah, I think uh, I think anybody who converts, the first thing you'll notice is your cam access uh, is it's night and day different. Uh, you can rotate the leg easier. You can reach medially different. You're not running into that big post when you flex the leg up and you're, you're trying to access things. Uh, I think that was the, the biggest difference from possibly a speed per, uh, perspective. And then uh, when it comes to bigger cases, on our revisions or, or you're doing a, uh, a labral reconstruction, either a revision or primary, well, you're not on the clock uh, as far as hip in hip out you can just get the work done and it definitely moves you along quicker that was probably some of the benefits for the time perspective uh, and then access uh, again if you don't have to reach and flex and you can get medial easier I, I think it just makes you more efficient surgeon yeah those are excellent points i have found um, a similar experience so when i used to use a post one thing that I would do to achieve what you were discussing is have the nurses actually take the post mm -hmm. out when I went into the peripheral compartment. And so there was a lot of struggle. You know, we'd flex the knee up and then they'd go down beneath the drapes and pop the post out. Um, so, that, you know, that I think added time to the actual surgery as well. And then I think the other thing that, you know, I'll ask you if you've experienced this with post versus post free um, with the post the um, medial thigh tissue is really, you know, pushed up and laterally, and that can get in the mm -hmm. way of the portals and your instruments as well. Um, and I think one thing that I was going to ask you about uh, that you missed, you mentioned as well in your editorial is that learning curve associated with the transition from post to post free traction. Um, one experience that I had was because that medial thigh tissue was no longer pushed up and laterally, my portal placement changed when I went post-free. So uh, what was your experience and, and can you talk a little bit about your learning curve when you move from post to post-free? Yeah, and uh, full disclosure, uh, we have the post-free technique paper from about four years ago. So there was four of us kind of working through this, I think, together and calling each other and figuring this out when we started it. But uh, the initial transition was uh, dealing with Trendelenburg initially. We, you know, we kind of had the patients in a little Trendelenburg, and then uh, pelvic tilt was different because with the post there, it really controls uh, the lordosis and the tilt of the pelvis. And without that, the pelvis is kind of free to move. And, and that's what will change position of your portals and make your access a little different up front. But um, I, again, I, I really, and I confirm this with most, that it's five to 10 cases and you kind of, it's smooth and, and you're back to, you know, kind of where you were from your hand positioning uh, with the post. But, uh, you know, those are the things that, you know, when I talk to surgeons who are either still using the post or, you know, what can we do to make it easier? It's it's all in the setup and back to your, your fellowship days of when you, you learned how to scope a hip is just on point with your portal positioning and you know, the skin's softer, like you said. So your your dalla porter or your uh, anterior medial portal might be more medial than you're used to. Just changes a little bit. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and that uh, arthroscopy techniques paper that you referred to just for the listeners, because I thought it was an excellent demonstration of um, the process you went through to achieve post-retraction that was published in 2019, and it was titled Achieving Post-Free Tr- Distraction in Hip Arthroscopy with a Pink Pad Patient Positioning Device Using a Standard uh, Hip Distraction Table. Um, so that was that's something that is still on arthroscopy techniques, and um, the listeners can take a look at that as well. Um, so speaking of, um, you know, all the benefits of post-free traction, what are some of the challenges that you think people who are moving to post-free traction might encounter as they're going through this learning curve or that we see in general with post-free traction that we don't tend to see with the post? Well, I, I, I think it's uh, a young surgeon who is only comfortable with this, the post. Not that you can't make the transition, but you have to be really hands-on, I feel, when you're going to post-free. Now, whether you're using the proprietary guardian table or you're going to use your surgery center's distractor and make it post-free, all those are great. But I really think you have to be deeply involved in patient positioning, making sure they're positioned properly, everything is safe, depending on the table you're using. So that that could be a little upfront if you're used to, I don't know, running a fast surgery center where somebody positions the patient, you just show up and, and go. Uh, you, I think you got to be involved. You know, I'm I'm really a proponent of being involved from boots on till, I don't know, closing them and getting them off the table. But the initial challenges are just learning where to put them on the table. Your fluoroscopy films, uh, depending on what bed you use, uh, you got to make sure they're positioned right because now there's no post to kind of guide you. So for me, using a HANA table, you can actually sit them high and you'll have the spar in your way. So you got to make sure they're sitting right, make sure their pelvis is in neutral. And then how you pull your traction matters because you can actually rotate the pelvis if you don't uh, lock in the non-operative leg and you pull your traction. But um, I think there's a lot of nuances to it. Um, but I think the benefits are, are worth learning. I would agree with you. I think, as you mentioned, uh, I, I'm very similarly there from start to finish. And positioning is is incredibly nuanced, as you mentioned. There's a lot of subtleties and um, little tips and tricks uh, that that I think can make post-free traction successful and consistently successful. Would you mind just talking about some of those tips and tricks, if if somebody yeah. is struggling initially to get that distraction uh, with post-free, what are some of the things that they can try that might help them? Yeah, I, I think some upfront disclosures is you're always going to have a tight hip that you're going to run into. Uh, meaning, even when I was using the post for years, I mean, 2010, I mean, you always get tight hips that you're like, wow, this is hard to distract. You're still going to have those. Those hips exist. You just have to kind of know how to work through them. But uh, in general, uh, positioning on the table, uh, I'm there to make sure they're low and, you know, their butt supported. Um, C-arm comes in and takes a good shot to make sure I can see the hip landmarks I need to see. I don't use Trendelenburg anymore. Uh, I used to, but I stopped because it hadn't really mattered for me. Once I have a good x-ray, the draw sheet comes out, so I make sure they're kind of sitting on the friction pad. And then I position the legs. Non-op leg is 
a little bit of uh, a deduction. Uh, then I lock the traction just so it doesn't move, and I pull, lock my my gross. Uh, I tell my anesthesiologist at that point to keep them paralyzed, and I, I remind them throughout the case. I, I just I've had them wake up a few times, and then if you lose traction, it's a pain in the butt. So I just tell them to keep them paralyzed. Uh, then we prep drape. Uh, I break the suction seal with uh, air arthrogram with fluoro. Um, and then we turn them out, you know, probably three, four cranks, and the hip will come out um, almost every time. And then it's just finding your portal placement and going. So it, it's just getting through those those few things there, and then it becomes a routine hip arthroscopy. Yeah, those are great tips, and I think that um, very, very helpful, and I've, I've had a similar experience. Um, you know, a couple of other things that I found helpful when I uh, pull traction, I'll actually have my assistant – uh, lean down on the iliac crest. So kind of push down on the pelvis so that there's something yeah. holding the patient still. I've also um, used, it's kind of a circumduction motion as I'm adducting the hip. I found that that helps with the distraction sometimes. And then I think, as you mentioned, you know, having that air arthrogram if you need it, and then having a post available if you need it in, in the mm-hmm. past few years, I'd, I'd say maybe once a year, I end up having to put a post back in. And honestly, I don't know that it helps that much. So I think it's just it some didn't. of those posts are really tight. Isn't it funny? I had, uh, in two years, I, I, again, I think you're right, about one a year. And mine was probably five, six months ago. And I was like, wow, this is a tight hip. Let me put the post in. And I was like, wow, this is still a tight hip. You know, it's still tight. Exactly. I got to go outside in, you know. So, you know, you're still going to have to go outside in on some hips and uh, access can still be tight. But um, I think if you scope enough hips, you're going to have that anyways. I don't think there's any bed or any any way to eliminate that one case that's going to happen. Just knowing how to work through it and taking your time. I think that's important. Yeah, those are great points. So, Rob, uh, you and I have a, a somewhat similar practice in that I also do open hip preservation, so periacetabular osteotomy. So have you had an mm-hmm. experience, any experience um, doing post-free in your uh, hip arthroscopy plus PAO cases? Well, I do. Yeah. So since we've moved away from the post, I've, the post has never gone back. So yeah, I'll scope the hip and then flex the hip up and, and do the PAO, you know, in the same setting. So nothing's changed, really. I find that even when you get your exposure and you start hitting uh, and, you know, making your cuts in the acetabulum, patient stays put, uh, don't move them around. So, no, it hasn't changed anything, you know. I think it's been a really good addition, especially in a long case where you're going to scope and then do a PAO, not having the post there and you know, I have a Foley in and things like that. It's just less things to worry about having damage. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, previously, prior to going uh, post-free, what I would do is actually use a hip arthroscopy table with a post, do the, the hip arthroscopy portion, and then I would move the patient to a Jackson flat table, radiolucent table mm-hmm. to do the PAO. And I found that with post-free, now I can do the whole case, both hip arthroscopy and PAO on a post-free traction table, a hip arthroscopy table, and um, it saves me a significant amount of time not having to break down, move the patient, reprep, redrape. Uh, so I've really, really um, uh, been happy with the, you know, benefits of having post-free in, in even the PAO setting. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, when I was a fellow at Duke, uh, we were still, the post, there was no post-free yet. So, you know, we would use like the smaller 
Hana table post. There's like an intermediate one. And, uh, you know, even doing a PAO with a post, you know, you flex the knee up and you're trying to get your osteotome medially. It's tight. I mean, it, it really just changes that part of the operation. Like when you're trying to bring your hand medial and cut the ischium, you know, it's just less things in your way. Really a nice addition. You know, and some people think you and I are crazy because they say Jackson flat is a better x-ray, better PAO. You know those people, they exist, but uh, I think this works very well. Yeah, I would agree uh, with you. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I think the more that we do this, I think the the more of these tips and tricks we're coming across and hopefully we can share those with others and and spread the word on post-retraction. So. Oh, I agree. Speaking you know, and, and if you're doing a PAO and you need to move them to the Jackson, it's fine. I just think you're just as efficient on a post-free table, in my opinion. I agree. So speaking of, of areas where we can improve or where we have improved, where do you think that we can, or what do you think we can do in the future to make post-free traction even easier to achieve and more applicable to, you know, the average hip arthroscopist practice? You know, it comes through these things that we're doing now, teaching it in a fellowship setting or you know, for, for us, we have residents, you know, I don't have a fellowship program, but, uh, you know, the residents, that's all they see. They don't even see the post. So they're not going to, you know, really learn th uh, that technique. Uh, but it's really comfort. Uh, you know, when I had surgeons, when they were trying to follow our technique from a few years ago, they would call and say, I'm worried I'm going to pull this patient off the bed. And, you know, you try to walk them through it on the phone. But the more, more of us out there that are doing it, it will give a resource to people in the community that maybe want to do it and they can call us. I mean, picking up the phone is a big part of what we do and trying to help people and ultimately help our patients because I don't know about you, but in, in my practice, I stopped talking about, uh, you know, having a nerve injury as my pre-op discussion because it's gone, right? You know, that, exactly. that 16 year, that 16 year old or 17 year old guy or girl, you know, you don't have to say, Hey, uh, there's a chance you could wake up and you'll have a numb groin, you know, and mom or dad look at you and say, excuse me. And you know, it's, it's real. And now I don't even think about it because we've eliminated it. So I think getting that message out to saying, Hey, not that the post is bad. It's, there's a good way to do it and you don't need it and you can help your patients better. So I think the more studies like the one that, you know, we're, we're talking about here and then awareness, I don't think you and I will ever make the post go away because there's some, you know, some of our colleagues that have been doing this much longer than you and I who say they'll never, you know, put the post away. And that's okay. But um, I think the more teaching we do, the more the word gets out, the better for our patients. Yeah, those are excellent points. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today, Dr. Cole Morgan. It's been a true pleasure speaking with you. Andrea, thank you so much for having me. Dr. Cole Morgan's editorial titled Editorial Commentary. Post-free arthroscopy reduces complications and pain to post or not to post, is that still a question? Can be found in the September 2021 issue of the Arthroscopy Journal or online at www.arthroscopyjournal.org. This concludes our episodes of the Arthroscopy Journal podcast. Thank you for joining us. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the Arthroscopy Association or the Arthroscopy Journal. Music